performance 18 in the fourth 28 points down 18 down in the fourth and the nets come back and win greg says mayor how are you doing tonight i'm doing great i'm doing great the nets set a record tonight uh, it, in 25 seasons they never come back from a 28 point deficit before and they did tonight against none other than the the new york knicks the New York Knicks, of course, are the team that they uh, that suffered this fate at, at their hands. So I, I I feel real good. And you know we got Ben Ten in attendance with the you know with the varsity jacket on. I'm waiting for Ben Ten to get out there and Kyrie. I mean Kyrie. Well, Kyrie got Lord knows what Kyrie is. Kyrie with alpacas, but we got you know we got KD on the bench. Bro, I'm ready, bro. I'm ready. Fire up for a chip, man. I'm I'm, I'm getting my ring size fitted. I'm getting my ring size fitted. We're going we're going with it all, bro. Miles. Davenport, how because we are going to talk about mental health um and Ben 10 and whatnot, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm straight. I'm ready to start when y'all are. I ain't talking about the Knicks no more. Season's over. It's over. Yo. Yo, we're gonna hop into it. Of course, we gotta talk about Ben Simmons and the nuances of mental health in sports. Kyler Murray, what's going on with him? What's going on with this coaching carousel? Some of our thoughts on that. But before we even get into it, man, you know, yesterday was my birthday and I'm celebrating all month. So if y'all, my cash app's still open. So y'all can send gifts all month. Money sign tone two fifteen ninety three. If y'all want to send it through my email, I got Vimo, PayPal, all that. Burnett, period, Antonio93 at gmail.com. It's a great time, bro. 29. Everybody on here, on this screen right here, you make it to 29 as a black man, you, that's something to celebrate. That's something to celebrate. And in, in this country, that's something to celebrate. So, Blessing. Out, shout out to Antonio Burnett II, February 15th, one of the best days ever in this, this world. So, we're going to get into it. My mental health is doing, doing good right now. We straight. Ben Simmons comes back, man. He's back. They asked some questions, of course. He hasn't played, but did a press conference, and they asked and talked about his mental health, things of that nature. One of the things that he said that stuck out the most was, y'all should be happy that I'm actually smiling right now because I was in a dark place 
over these last couple of months during this time. Some people had the approach of, hey, I'm calling BS. He ain't had no mental health problems. We seen reporters go on Twitter was like, he seemed immediately happy. And they basically said that he was faking the mental health. What are y'all thoughts on the Ben Simmons mental health conversation and just the mental health and sports conversation period? Because I think it's such a new thing that we have to be very careful on how we approach it and how we talk about it because it is something serious, but in this sports world is very, a very fine line on how we approach and talk about it. I mean, what I, what I would say about it, and I, I don't know if, if Miles wanted to interject here too, but what I would say about it is just thinking just throughout the week as I've heard everybody talking about it, and I've heard everybody saying that Ben's, Ben's faking it and all these things. It's incredibly insensitive. I think everybody has their mental ups and downs. You go through ups and downs with your mood every day, right? Let alone your mental health overall as a whole. I think the, the term mental health has become one of these cliche sayings everyone kind of says. And people have always kind of looked at mental well-being as a, as a secondary thing or, or a thing that's in, in the rear view, right? You think about your physical well-being and all that stuff, and, you, and people don't realize that it's all tied together. You know, where you work day-to-day, where you spend more time working than you do with your family. So where you work day-to-day, if, it, if it's not a good situation there, and you're not happy in that, in that environment, it, it can definitely affect your mental health. You don't have to be medically sick. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be in a situation where you're getting prescribed medicine for, your, for, a, for a, a, an illness uh, with, with, your, with your brain for you to have a mental health issue i think it's the, that's the common misconception about it overall not just in sports but in life people think that you know mental health is just as simple as you know if this person suffers from schizophrenia or some or some psychological condition they have a mental health issue and that's when it's serious i heard Shaq on tnt talking about it and he was like yeah i saw mental health i mean i was out there dealing with the, the homeless in la and um that's mental health and i'm like i mean that he's doing the whole conversation to disservice when he says things like that because your mental health and the issues that come along with it, the things you deal with come in different forms, come in different waves, come, in, come because of different reasons. You can be the richest person in the world and, and deal with mental health issues. Money has nothing to do with your mental health. It really doesn't. Yes, does it help? Of course. But, you know, Ben was dealing with uh, his sister suing his half-brother last year over, um, uh, and they had a, they, she claimed that he, that he had molested her uh, when, he, when she was three years old. And he was, they were going back and forth in court. And that was happening all last year while he was playing in that bubble and all that stuff. So imagine dealing with the pandemic and you're dealing with the court case. I think he had gotten his half brother, the one that she'd accused a, a brand new car. Uh, but right before then, he's very close to his family. He's a family oriented person from everything I've read. And he was dealing with that. And then of course you have the playoff performance that did, you know, obviously we know what happened and it, it starts to kind of make, make a little, make a little sense. I'm not making excuses for him. Right. There are things that Ben has brought on himself. He hasn't worked on his game enough, you know, and, and, it, and it's tough to play in Philly, Philly of all places and, and, and not improve right as a number one pick. But there's a lot he was dealing with. There's a lot he was dealing with with the, with the family. And, and, you know, then obviously after the performance, you know, but Doc Rivers and Joel B don't give him any vote of confidence. So it's hard. It's hard. But I, I, I think to say that or to belittle this, to belittle his situation is, is incredibly insensitive. Like, 
just be a person, just be a human being. Yeah, you know what I mean? Be smart for a second here. Like, what would you read into the situation, look into the situation and think about times that you've been down? Because you can be, everyone goes through mood swings. Think about times that you've been down for various reasons. It ain't, ain't got to be life or death or a medical situation for it to be considered mental health and for it to be considered a real thing. So everyone sounds pretty stupid about this, just in the sports community talking about it. That's my takeaway. Hey, Miles, how do you think we should approach these conversations specifically in the sports world? Of course, people get paid to make comments, to have their opinions on these things. You have to talk shows. You got to have something to talk about. This is content. This is something that comes up in conversation. A player with his magnitude of Ben Simmons, you know they're going to talk about it. How should we approach this going forward, you think? Like, what's the best way to do it? Because mental health isn't something that you can really quantify or that you can actually see often, as what Greg alluded to. Somebody being homeless does not mean mental health. They could actually be in a great mental space. Them being homeless is more of a situation that's dealing with, it could be emotional, it could be financial. So it's not always something that you can see. How do you think we should like go forward in this? I mean, I feel like you have to respect it. You can't call BS on someone saying that they've been dealing with mental health when unless you're with that person on a daily basis, you don't know what they go through in their lives, whether it's family, it's something more personal than that. Or, you know, some people just deal with demons and it's, it's tough. You kind of compartmentalize it and think that you're alone in that situation. So I, for Ben Simmons, I'm not calling BS because I mean, he hasn't played in six months. Basically, Philly turned on him. And I feel like in his career, he's been a little coddled. So that was something that was sort of a, a shock for him. Like, oh, wow, the, this, this city that they took me in. I was the number one pick. I'm looked at to turn this city around. They, they kind of turned on me and people booing me and coming at me on social media, like there's on social media, you see all the comments. Some of these guys get like a thousand comments. Ben Simmons might get 16,000 comments. And if you don't think that they see any of those, you're wrong. They, they're not oblivious. Why do you think people turn off their comments? Cause they've read one too many of those that sort of gets to them. So I don't think that like Ben Simmons is faking it. This is something that he's dealing with and he's still dealing with. And I hope he, he gets through it. And hopefully he's happier now that he's able to get back to the sport that gave him so much joy in the past. And I think over the last year, it's been a, a sport that's kind of, you know, brought him a little sadness in his life. Like this, this game that he's loved for so long, now people, it, it doesn't love you back you kind of have to, to deal with that. So I think with mental health, if someone says it, you got to respect it. Don't, don't think that they're just making it up just because, you know, nowadays mental health is one of the like most talked about things out there, sports in the real life, in real world. It's something that, you know, companies are even giving you mental health days because of this too. So it's something that you got to respect. 
Yeah, I think the thing with this is like, plenty of people will smile, will laugh and be going through hell on the inside. So like seeing that tweet where the guy specifically, they pull out the short little eight second clip of Ben Simmons dribbling the ball, laughing and talking with KD and say, hey, obviously he's, he's suddenly cured. That don't mean that he's still not going through things, that he's not still going through demons. He's not still going through his own problems, his own stresses, his own mental health. Like, they did come out literally once the trade happened, and they did not say that he was going to play immediately. They said, we're still working through this mental health thing before he actually suits up with the Nets, but he's excited to be there. I think that's something that we, as Miles just said, we just got to accept it and take it for – what it is at face value unless we get unless we get the bill belichick text messages where we see ben simmons is texting people like no i'm a i'm i don't i don't have any mental health then we can't we can't go with that approach we can't call bs we we don't know something that serious where people commit suicide where people die every day from it where people as miles said feel like they're going through it alone you can't, you can't call BS or something like that. You need, you won't have to have some proof. I think that's really insensitive, and that's not a good job for people that actually get paid to do this to take that approach. You, you that, you can't take that approach. Yeah, and I feel like it's also one of those things where, like, just because you see a guy smiling doesn't automatically mean that like, all his problems are gone and what he's dealing with isn't there anymore. Because, I mean, how many comedians over the years have killed themselves like robin williams he seems like the happiest guy out there makes everybody laugh you think what what could be wrong in his life and he took his own life so don't don't just judge ben simmons because you see him smiling he's still dealing with whatever he's dealing with so try to you know take it easy on him at least until he gets back on the court then you know (laughs) fans can be fans We'll, we'll judge you by that, by your work, not the mental health. Once you get back on the court and KD passes you to rock, you got a layup, and instead of dunking on Trey Young, you kick it out to Patty Mills in the corner, and then we'll bring this conversation back up. But for now, mental, the mental health aspect, we, we, we rock with you, Ben. Once you get back on the court. Well, hold on. I'm, I'm going to just say this, too, the, on the mental health aspect. <laughs> what, I, what I'll say what I'll say about it is yo this that I saw that tweet you're talking about where the guy said he looks all better now now that he's magically in Brooklyn what if he is what if so what if he is what if he is better than he's all in Brooklyn now that's the way this thing sometimes is how this thing works I went through it I'm not when I'm, I'm not gonna get into detail but I've been in a very similar situation with my workplace situation how it affected my mental health I've been in a very similar places but I can relate if it's all about the workplace and how it affects your your mind I know what that's like. And I know the minute I left that place, everything got better. Food tasted better. I was playing more basketball. Things were better. Everything was better, man. Like, I, I felt better about my life overall. So what if, what if that's the case for Ben? That, that, that doesn't mean that you were never going through anything at all. It doesn't mean that you were faking. It means that it was a situation. Your, your environment can affect your mental health. That's a real thing. It's not, no one's making that up. People go through that every day. That's every day. Your environment can control your mood, can control the way you're eating, can control how much you're working out. 
the way you feel about yourself, everything, man. So that's nonsense. Again, people are, more of the story, bro, people are dumb, okay? People are dumb out here. Like the idea that you, you can't, that mental health is just this vacuum thing where it's like it has to be a clinically, a clini- I think people think clinically diagnosed and think mental mental health. They think, they think, you know, a psychological disease or psychological uh, illness. Like, it's not that, man. It's way more than that. But also, also, and before we leave this conversation, I want to say right now, that Ben will not be passing up open dunks in Brooklyn. That will not be happening. That will not be happening. Yeah. <clears throat> we definitely will have, we'll continue this conversation in person to go further into detail yeah. because I can see what Ben Simmons is talking about too. Because I tell you this much, I feel if I get into the right situation away from this job, everything will be better just like that too. As soon as I get that new schedule, I, oh, hey, we good. <laughs> Life is good. What, what, what future said? Good. I promise you. That's why we're really? best. Life is good. You feel me? I mean, look at this. Really? Little by little, you see it starting to fill it. I'm about to be on my mind. You feel me? You see this connection right here? <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Let me get a new schedule. I promise you. Back to being on the court. Talking about on the court. So you got Ben Simmons with the Nets. We already talked about how they, they came back tonight. What are we thinking? How, how do we see this panning out for the rest of the season? Like, who are some of the favorites that we see coming out of the East, coming out of the West? We'll start in the East. All star break is coming up. How we see this panning out? The trades happen. Of course, we got some stuff happening in the buyout market, but no big players we foresee, you know, being changing teams. You got Tristan Thompson, the Bull now. Goran Dragic got bought out. I mean, Goran's a good player, but I don't know if he's pushing the needle on any of these teams. But how we how we see the East? I mean. No, no, go ahead, Miles. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I feel like Brooklyn still got to be one of the favorites in the East. I mean, if you're thinking about it, if this mandate for the mask and the vaccine and in New York City gets dropped and Kyrie's allowed to play every game, then that completely changes the the dynamic of this team because. I mean, having Kyrie half the time isn't going to get it done. I mean, because Kyrie is Kyrie. He's one of the best players in the world. And, I mean, KD and Ben Simmons is it's good. But, I mean, if KD's getting double teamed, I don't know if Ben Simmons is going to be aggressive enough to make things happen like Kyrie can. So, I think KD and Kyrie can play off each other. But I think – honestly think if the Bulls can get healthy, they got a good squad. They got a really good squad. Like, if they can get Caruso back, Lonzo back, a big piece missing, because they've been doing all this with those two guys hurt, Zach Levine in and out of the lineup. And it's mainly because DeMar's, he, he kind of wavered there for a little bit, but he's back at that MVP level that Greg was preaching three months ago. So I, I think that this is it's going to be a deep, deep run for them, just as long as they stay healthy. Because I don't know. I don't know about the Bucks. Bucks haven't really improved too much. I mean, Serge Ibaka doesn't really push the envelope. 
that much, in my opinion. It's like a, a small Band-Aid for what they got going on. And the Miami Heat, they're the Heat. I mean, are they going to show up come playoff time? Are they not? Because from what I've seen, they get hot and they get cold. They're like too up and down right now. And even though they're up and down, they're still second in the East. So I think it's really like a four-team race. And Cleveland's maybe a couple years away from – really competing in the East. I think they've got a good squad, but they're just not there yet. They don't have the playoff, you know, resume. But this year is going to be good for them. Greg, let me t- let me ask you this. What do you think about Adam Silver coming out and saying that, hey, it don't make sense to me either. How can players come into Brooklyn and play that's unvaccinated, but if you live there, you can't play? Seems like Kyrie is getting the support from the NBA and maybe Adam Silver can help push this mandate completely away or Kyrie might be able to play. What was your, what was your takes on Adam Silver speaking out on behalf of Kyrie? I don't think this is about defending Kyrie as much. I think Kyrie's made a choice. Kyrie is choosing not to play basketball games. I don't want to make him out to be a victim. He's chosen to not get vaccinated, even though he knew that he'd have to be vaccinated to play for the Nets at home. So he's not a victim, but Adam Silver wouldn't say what he said if he didn't think that things were trending in the right direction, or I shouldn't say right, but just trending in, in the direction of, the, of, of Kyrie's favor with this, with this mandate being pulled back i look hospitalizations are down the numbers in covid are down uh people out here getting boosted right people out here getting getting you know getting the vaccine and and especially in new york the the numbers are just higher in terms of the percentage of people who got who got vaccinated versus the ones who didn't so the numbers are down right we're in a different we're in a different stage of covid right now as we head into the warmer weather the spring if you look at the way the pandemic is kind of trended in the warmer weather it's not as bad right? There's less infections. There's less hospitalizations. When it's cold, people tend to get sicker just in general, but especially during the pandemic. So we're headed towards a time where the vaccine mandate isn't as crucial as it was to the, to the safety of the people. You can still make that, the, you can still make the, the vaccine mandate be a mandatory thing for people that are coming into the arena to watch games. But for the players and the performers and the you know entertainers across New York who come in all these different venues, they may not have to be vaccinated to, to do their thing, right? You want to keep the economy rolling. And I think don't, you know, also I read this, you know, and that's why I'm saying Adam Silver knew. Like I think I think he didn't just say this out of nowhere for no reason today. Uh there's there's articles out there that the that the mayor is considering reeling back the vaccine mandate as we get closer to the um St. Patrick's holiday, every every all of our white brethren and sisters' favorite holiday. Uh, because, you know, that's a big economy driver and put the bars and all that stuff. So they want to reel that back and make this bread because money talks. You know, it's, this is about money. This isn't about I, I, I hate to be this guy, but this isn't a, this is not about safety. This is about money. It's always been about eco- the economy and what screams um, economic benefit and, and economic boom that more than booze in St. Patrick's Day. I don't think anything does. They're about to make a killing in New York. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that mandate roll back in the next two weeks, just off everything I've read. I know Eric Adams said he's struggling with it, but he was the same guy who was taking a hardline stance when he got into office, saying, we're not we're not changing the rules. We're not doing this. Now, all of a sudden, you're struggling with it. Now, you're keeping, now you're staying up at night. All right, Eric. Uh, in two weeks, talk to me, because I think you're going to roll it back. It's just a matter of time. Go ahead, Eric. You know um, how 
Yeah, yeah, man. You know how politics is. He got me. He got. He got sound the part. He got talk. He got sound the part. Even me. He even took a, a jab at Boston during his little speech today, which you know, that's gonna that's gonna ingratiate you with the with your constituents. You're you're in New York. Everyone hates Boston here. Well, most people. Everyone should. So, but yeah, I mean, that's that's all this is. It's just politics, man. I think within a few weeks we'll be looking at Kyrie playing home games again. I think that's where we're headed, and good for him. But this is not Kyrie's not a victim in any of this, and I don't want to make it sound like that. Um, it's just the way this thing is trending. You know, if you're not vaccinated by now, I, I I'm gonna say this: that's your ass. Okay, <laughs> if you're not vaccinated by now, that's your ass. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, about that. It's a choice. Who? We, all right, we, I think anybody that watches the show, listens to the show, know you got the Nets as the favorite. Who do you see as the biggest threat to Brooklyn in the East? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Um, definitely them. They're, they're a championship team. They've gelled. Giannis, I, I have been critical of Giannis. I've, I mean, I watched that 50-piece yesterday. I know it's against the Pacers, the low-life Pacers. Nah, man, he's getting buckets at all three levels. Now, if that if that carries over to the playoffs, he's hitting threes. He's he's getting he's good. He's doing nice. He has nice moves. His pace is better now. He's just seen the game different. He's very comfortable out there. It's kind of scary um, how well he's playing right now. He deserves a lot, a lot of credit. He's an MVP candidate. Obviously, goes without saying, he's special. And I think that because of that growth and maturation in his game, that makes them easily the most dangerous team in, in the league. I, I think even more dangerous than than uh, than Phoenix. As good as Phoenix is. There and as great as Devin Booker is and CP3 is, I trust the Giannis's ability to stay healthy more than I trust CP3's ability to be available. And CP3 is a big part of what makes that engine go with Phoenix. As great as Devin Booker is, it CP3 makes that thing go. So I know it's not about the Suns. I'm just saying I think Milwaukee is the best team in basketball right now. Right now they're playing the best basketball in the league, in my opinion. And I think they've got a they've got a really great chance to come out the East. And they're the team that. I expect them to be in our way. I expect it to be in the Eastern Conference Finals of Brooklyn and Milwaukee, or whenever we meet them, you know, how this thing all works out. But, you know, I got a guy for him. I got, I got a light-skinned, you know, brother of mine from Australia, you know, ready to to, to, to strap up. And, you know, and, and Miles, look like that. This dude, yo, Ben's an all-world defender. Ben is an all-world defender. The Nets have gotten everything they needed out of this trade. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm so excited. We're going we're gonna to play at a faster pace. It's going to be so much better. We're going to get a lot more turnovers. The defense will automatically improve. All-world defense. So, But if the, answer your question, I, I think Milwaukee is that team. I, I don't really fear anyone else, and I certainly don't fear Philly. Um, I, you know, as far as I know, Ben's in a, excuse me, James Harden will be eating Raisin Canes somewhere in Philly the night before they play the, the Nets, and his hamstring will be falling off the bone again. We're going to be at the strip club throwing, throwing dollar bills or whatever the hell, wasting $60,000 in the club, you know, on, on Crystal uh, in, in Philadelphia. I don't know what he's going to be on, you know. So, Philly, have fun with it, man. Like, I, if they're going to be throwing cheesesteaks at him by the time this is all said and done. Just watch. They're going to be throwing, and, and James will be indulging in the cheesesteaks as they're throwing at him because, you know, he, he has a hard time staying off these great eats. Which I don't blame him for, by the way. Canes and oh, raisin Canes is great. Is there a Raisin Canes? There's in a Raisin Canes in South Jersey, bro. There's got to be a Raisin Canes down there. Bro, there's a Raisin Canes in South Jersey, bro. There's got to be one over in uh in, in Philly, bro. Hell yeah. South Jersey is <laughs> Philly. They close like that. You ever had Raisin Canes, bro? No. He, he could cross over. Yo. They caught a still picture of him first practice. And you could see he got, I don't know if he was bloated. But you can see it's a little stomach there. 
So James still not in tippity top top shape. They no Twitter caught it. They caught this joker's zoomed in. It was a little bit of he might have had a burger before that or something like that and was bloated, so it looked like that. But I, I was like, dang. He's still, on his deal. <laughs> You're not looking good out here, bro. I'm telling y'all. It's not gonna go well, bro. It's not gonna end well down there in, in Philly for dude. I'm telling you, bro. He 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 can't um, stay off the the savory eats. Speaking of it, not it's not going to end well. Miles send it to the chat. Breaking news. AD. I mean, is it breaking news? AD is injured again. Had to be carted off the court with a lower left ankle injury, left leg injury. Uh, it's not looking good in LA. So, speaking of the actual possible winners in the West, how do we see the West mm. panning? Uh, I mean, who is it? It's Phoenix, it's Golden State right now, top two teams. That's it. That's it. That's it. About it, that that's really it. Because Memphis is good, but they ain't getting out. I mean, they're not. Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. can't be your second best player, and you're gonna win a playoff series. I, I I don't I don't believe him. I'm sorry. Utah looks like that thing could get blown up in the next year or so. So I don't know how much longer Donovan Mitchell is gonna want to hang around Salt Lake. And I think he wants out. I think he wants out. He wants, he wants out. out. He's not gonna go. He's not gonna do it to James Harden. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna go to James Harden route. It's just like you can't. The list that he came out with his goals that he wants to do. He wants to be an MVP. He wants to win championships. It's not happening there, bro. He basically told him like, "Yo, I don't want to be here. If I create a list of stuff that is not attainable at my job, I'm telling you, I don't want to be here. Yo, I want four weeks paid vacation." <laughs> I want paternity leave. I also want to be able to have two-hour lunch breaks, and I need two weeks of mental health days. I'm telling you, I don't want to be here. Right. Right. Basically, I think he could. He, he, I mean, this is off topic. I think he can end up, be, end up easily being with the Knicks at the end of all this. I think that Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks is a real thing. I don't think that's a. I know Miles. Hey Miles, I get the skepticism on your face. I would be skeptical. I would be skeptical too. Nothing good seems to happen for y'all ever. But I do think this is a real attainable thing. I do think that he can end up in New York. Um, am I proud to say it? No, but I think it's a real thing. I think it, it, it could really happen. We'll see. We'll see. Um, got to be out. But you know, also, if he wants to win a championship, why would he ask for a trade to go to the Knicks? Yeah, maybe I'm talking myself out of this in real time. You guys are watching me go through my thoughts in real time. This is crazy. Um, I I don't know. Listen, listen. That's our topic. I won't do that to you, Miles. Here's what I'll say. I, it's a two it's a two horse race in the West. It's the Warriors and the Suns. Um, but I don't think that's the most interesting storyline about the West. I even with the Lakers being bad they're still more interesting to talk about than any other team in my opinion i because bro what's brown about to do what do you think is going Damn through brown's head right now you know he's upset yeah. at, at plinka for not selling the farm and to get this team better right in the immediate future he's all about f them picks f these and f them picks guy and they kept their picks and they didn't they didn't improve the team even though they had deals on the table we all know that now so what is Brian going to do when the season's over are you is, is brian going to entertain other opportunities out there what do you do? 
seriously, I mean, what do you do if you're Braun? Do you stay because your son's in Sierra Canyon and you just want to wait it out and enjoy the nice weather in LA? Or do you dip? Do you dip and, and go somewhere else? I, I don't know, man. This thing is not looking good. And honestly, yo, you got to talk about trading AD. You have to put him out there. He's the best asset you have to get, get something good in return. You've got to think about it. AD is nah. not untradeable. Nah, let him stay. Braun gone, bro. Mm. Not you think he's leaving? I wish I wish I could have seen in real time because LeBron been telling y'all all season. It's been on his face mm. when Russell would do a turnover. This dude. When AD mm-hmm. the last time before this game where he reached down to his ankle, Braun turned his head and looked away. Braun tired of all these jokers. He tired of Stanley Johnson. Mm. He tired of AD always being hurt. Russell Westbrook. He tired. Out of Frank Vogel having a stupid Eli Manning face the whole game, no matter what. Like, Brian tired of this, bro. Brian tired of this. I'm yeah. telling you, if the right team presents the right opportunity and he don't have to put in as much work as he's doing right now, it's great. This he'll probably this will probably be what 28th straight game of 25 plus points. Congratulations. I ain't trying to do all this work at this age. He already came out talking about. Yeah. His knee. He's saying the same thing that he said last year about his ankle. Father yeah. time, little by little, is catching up to Bron. Little by little, is catching up to him. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't catch up to him, I don't think, if he ain't had to carry this heavy of a load. Yeah. He's out there carrying everybody. THT. He carrying AD. He carrying Russ. He carrying Stanley Johnson. He carrying Frank Vogel, Rob Palenka. Like, bruh. How much you think he was? What's the dude? Was it Atlas, the the one that got the world on his shoulders? What the heck, y'all want LeBron to do? <laughs> He's still it's human. It's true. Yeah. Miles, are you gonna say something? I, I feel like I cut you off. What about the West? Uh, or I don't know if you're gonna talk about, talking about the Lakers or the West. I don't. I don't know if I, I feel like I cut you off. No, I mean, I was just saying, like, the Lakers is just a lost cause at this point because it's like mm. they can't improve. Trade deadline's over. What, you're going you're gonna to go through the buyout market and, and see, why would anybody on the buyout market want to sign with LA? Like, people on the buyout market want to go somewhere where right. they could win, they could be in winning situations, and they could parlay that into a, ne- a new contract. But right now, nobody on the Lakers – is really parlaying anything besides Malik Monk into anything next season. Cause I mean, everything's on the table next year for them. Like LeBron could ask out, even though I think he's just going to chill until his deal's up. And then, you know, once Bronny comes, he's going to, you know, he's going to do that thing. But like AD's got to go Russ, nobody wants him. And you don't want to trade a first round pick to get him out of there. So you're going to be stuck with him until that, that contract's up, which looks even worse now. Like I'd rather have Kuzma on this team than have Russell Westbrook and what he brings to the table because what they give up. Westbrook, Caldwell Pope, and they're actually not oh. terrible on Washington. It's not a good team that they have, but Kuzma's shown what he can do. Caldwell Pope is a good shooter, and you traded for a guy who does none of that. So, I don't know. LA, LA's in a, a rough spot. 
the brightest thing they got is Aaron Donald was at the game tonight. So, I mean, you got a Super Bowl winner at the game still. People aren't, you know, scalping tickets outside still. Speaking of, <laughs> he was at the parade shirtless. That man is not human, bro. He he doesn't he doesn't make it fair for the average Joe, right? And he's talked about they brought it up. It don't sound like he won't retire. Aaron Donald's coming back. They're gonna run it back, rightfully so. Prayers out to OBJ. Still no reports yet. They didn't say it was torn yet, right? They didn't say nothing yet, right? No, but it did. Torn. It's torn. It's torn. It did. It's torn. It's, it's like it's official. It's torn. So he might miss. They they think he might miss most of next year with recovering. Yeah, because you you make a deep run like that, you get injured in the Super Bowl. Depending yeah. on what the injury is, you're gonna be out for a nice, nice chunk of the year. But no, aren't they getting um they got Van Jefferson, they got Cooper Cup, and aren't they getting um Robert Woods back? Bobby Trees. Yeah, Woods be back. I think they're gonna sign him to a I think they're gonna sign Odell to a a cheap veteran minimum one year deal over with the in LA. He'll rehab and then as they make their playoff run, he'll start to ease his way back into things later in the season. It's kind of what they'll do. I think it's the best move for him. He's already insulated in LA. He wants to be there. Just time to a cheap deal and hopefully he comes back and balls out again and can commands more money. But that that sucks. I feel for him. But the, glad he got his ring. Yeah, because that bag ain't coming to him now. Yeah. That's like, tough. If he he could have parlayed this season into a lot of money, yeah. but now yeah. that he got hurt, like that's a lot of miles on those legs. Like you've you've been hurt like three out of three out of the last four seasons. So what, what are we talking about? You're not getting paid top dollar anymore. And most people aren't going to view you as a number one. So he's going to have to sign these one-year deals, incentive-based contracts with different teams. And it's a shame he's not even 30 yet. Yeah. yeah it's horrible. The way he was playing to start off the game, all respect to Cooper Cup. He was going to get MVP. The way he started off, he was getting MVP. And they tweeted it out. A bunch of players was like, yo, the NFL got to get rid of turf. Because maybe probably that injury doesn't happen if we're if he's not playing on turf. But prayers out to OBJ. Shout out to him. I have a baby, so I know that will make keep his spirits high. Van Jefferson had a baby. Another one. Spirits is high. They quarterback Matthew Stafford. Conversation happened immediately after the game. Now that he's a Super Bowl champion, suddenly wins all his playoff games. Before even going to the next question, I eat, I got to eat crow. I did not believe in this joker at all for this to happen. <laughs> I thought at some point he would choke. So I was wrong. Stafford did his thing. Miles, Greg, I said it at the beginning of the season. This was a Super Bowl team. I couldn't see it because of Stafford. They got it done. But are y'all going to the extent of putting this man as a Hall of Fame player? That I, I, I will not go on. I will, no, he's not a Hall of Fame player. No. I mean, it's tough because then they're bringing this up, but they weren't bringing this up before he won the Super Bowl. So are you saying because he won the Super Bowl, he's now all of a sudden Hall of Fame caliber? Because like Richard Sherman was saying, like now it's kind of watered down the standards for what 
you're asking for what a Hall of Fame player is. Because, I mean, I don't want to say he's Philip Rivers with a ring, but that's kind of around the realms of what he is right now. Like, cool. He He had a good run this year with the team that he had, but this team was stacked. Like, all he had to do was not F up and they were going to make a run in this this playoff run and i don't know cuz i kept saying i keep i keep seeing people comparing him and saying like oh if he's if Eli Manning's a hall of famer then oh. he should be a hall of famer i'm like but the t- the two don't even compare you you're looking oh. at stats but you're not looking at what Eli's done countless times in the playoffs like he's put his team on his back which you got to take that into consideration too. Like I still think Eli Manning's more clutch than Matt Stafford. If I had a two-minute drive, I'm still picking him. So even though Eli Manning's not considered an elite quarterback, I still think that what he brought to the Giants is way more than what Matt Stafford's brought to the Lions, which you got to take that with a grain of salt. But I don't know. I don't think he's... Hall of Fame caliber yet. He needs some. He needs a couple more years like this. Maybe another Super Bowl. Maybe. Maybe we think about it. But like, you look at his resume. He's what they say. He only has one Pro Bowl. One Pro Bowl. He's never been an All Pro. Which I mean, most players who are Hall of Fame, they've been All Pro a few years. So. I I don't know. I think. I agree with what Richard Sherman said. Like, we've got to start holding these players to a higher standard because that's what, you know, Hall of Fame is you're putting the best players in. Are we saying that he's one of the best players to play the position? I never saw him that way. I saw him as a really good quarterback who played on a terrible team. But that doesn't necessarily make you, you know, Hall of Fame caliber. <laughs> I, I don't I'm, I'm torn here I, the Eli Manning comparison is BS I don't I don't even want to hear that it's not even close Eli Manning is I, I think Stafford actually Stafford might be more talented is might, might be more talented than Eli Manning as from an arm talent perspective and you know overall just gifts gifts as a quarterback he's probably more talented the no look throws a lot of stuff is cool but Eli Manning has a cool calm collected nature about him that's special that makes you at all a hall of famer and Joe Burrow has it and Joe Burrow has it too so it's, it's totally different. And he's, he's done it twice and he's beaten. He's gone through the gauntlet. He's gone through the gauntlet. Um, Eli, Eli just, 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 just on the surface, I, I, I looked it up. Eli Manning has four, four, four Pro Bowls. Just, just throw that out there. Stafford has one. We, we're not having no conversation. Stafford, it's not a conversation. His team won the Super Bowl. He didn't get MVP. Eli got two Super Bowl MVPs. We're not stopping Back to what you were saying, yeah. you got it. Ball's back in your court. It's a, it's a fe- it's on the fence. It's on the fence. If you if if Matt Stafford retired right now, it could go either way. He might just barely make it by the skin of his teeth, or he wouldn't make it at all. And no one would bat an eye if he didn't make it. I, I I don't think he's done enough to warrant it. He's had some crazy statistical seasons, but he's also played with some of the greatest wide receivers of all time. I mean, I, you know, 
the quarterback plays a big factor in what, how well a wide receiver plays. Cooper Cup's amazing season. The Calvin Johnson, amazing seasons. I, I get it. Like he, he played, he played a big role in that. He deserves credit, but the, the lack of winning throughout his career matters. I mean, the fact that you couldn't do it in Detroit when Detroit was halfway decent matters. I mean, you didn't, you know, he, he had a horrible record against winning teams up until this season. Right. And, and he had bad stretches of this season as well. So I, look, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I, I don't really see it, but I would not be surprised to see him get voted in. That's all I'll say. Winning a championship in L.A., you know, with these dudes, I think that could push him over the edge. But I'll tell you one thing. It's hard. You, we all know how hard it is to do it twice. In the NFL, it's really hard. So if he did it twice, I'd give him the nod. Easy. He's getting the nod for me. Uh, right now, I'm on, the, I don't, I'm on the fence, and I'm leaning towards, towards no for him. Yeah. They got to run it back. They got to get a second one. And even then, I think it's still, like you said, it's context, though. How do they win? What is what is his role in it? Yeah. You're, on a, you're on a stacked team, bro. You come back next season, we just talked about it. You're going to have Cooper Cup, who arguably had the best single season for a wide receiver from regular season all the way to postseason. You got Van Jefferson still. Yeah. You're going to have Woods back. At some point, probably during the playoffs, you're going to have Odell on that squad. You got Cam Akers. And then your defense always – your defense makes it your job easy. You got Aaron Donald doing what Aaron Donald does. Mm-hmm. Um, Miller probably might re-up on another contract and try to get another ring. Nah, bro. You're going to have, you're going to have, you're going to have to give me like three, four touchdowns in the Super Bowl – you go give me an Eli Manning run. Go throw a thousand two hundred nineteen yards in the postseason. Go do that. Then, then we can talk about Hall of Fame. It's also worth mentioning that. Yes, worth mentioning that Eli Eli did it under adverse situations. He had a battle line in the last war run they had in eleven. They had a battle line. Their line was like ranked twenty eighth by PFF. <laughs> it wasn't good. So he was he was making things happen while getting sacked. It's different. There's levels to this. There's levels to this. We, it ain't a conversation between those two, but with Stafford, you're going to have to – he made some big throws in this playoff run to give him credit. The no-look pass was incredible. He made some big throws. He did. Um, but, you know, again, the, I, am I going to sit here and say that, you know, the primary reason why they won is because of Stafford? I think I think it's a huge reason why. I think it's a huge reason why, but I don't know. It just don't – you don't feel like a Hall of Famer. Sometimes you just got to trust your gut. You don't, it don't feel like it. It don't feel like you. It just doesn't. Tell me what y'all we, – we're going to talk about another quarterback in his division. What y'all think about this comparison? So he made some big throws, right? Everybody yeah. talk about the pass. Doesn't this give you some type of – same type of vibe with Kyrie hitting a big shot and people would jump to the conclusion like, yo, Kyrie, Kyrie won the final sort of. <laughs> Because for the people to jump to the extent of saying Stafford is a Hall of Famer, yes, he made some big throws. The no look, no look pass. Oh my gosh, beautiful, cute, but Hall of Famer, Kyrie, one of probably one of the yeah. biggest in finals history. Kyrie won, won that for them. Come on now, it was Ron. Same, yeah, same, same thing. Come on now, it was it was Aaron Donald, the real AD. It was Aaron Donald. Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I, I agree with that. I think Kyrie, I think Kyrie has a stronger legacy on it than even than even Stafford does of this in this analogy because Kyrie had that forty point game with LeBron in Game Six. You know, before Kyrie did was a big contributor to that championship. I'd say a bigger contributor to the Cavs championship than Stafford was to the Rams championship. If you're comparing it apples to apples, I, I don't know. I mean, like no, I, I said, agree. bro, like Sta- Stafford has been a really good for them. That team didn't need. That what hurts him is that that team didn't need a big upgrade to win the Super Bowl. They got to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, who's not who's 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 not good. Okay, they didn't need that much more to win it all. They just needed a slight upgrade. They got it, and and Stafford had some bad moments along the way. He almost threw some games away, but a lot. But he did it. He got he he made enough plays, and that's a credit. That's more of a credit to the the system that they built in Los Angeles. Less need and them dudes and and McVay. What they've built, it's it's dummy proof. Just go on here and. Make make plays, make some plays, and we'll be okay. But it ain't like we need. We didn't need Deshaun Watson with Herculean effort. We didn't need that. We didn't need, uh, uh, you know, an amazing quarterback performance to win a championship. So that's what hurts him in the Hall of Fame conversation. That that more than anything else. Kyler Murray, same division. Scrubs everything off his IG that has anything to do with the Arizona Cardinals. Scrubs it off. Reports come out, he's immature, he points fingers, he might want out. There's reports that Colin Murray is frustrated with how the playoffs have gone, especially this last year. Reports that he felt embarrassed to lose to the Rams, who won the Super Bowl. So if that report report is true, he might have to get drug tested because that don't make no sense. What y'all think? What's y'all takes on this Kyler Murray situation? Should uh, should they cut ties? Is Kyler wrong in this situation? What's y'all takes? I feel like he it is a little immature what he was doing, you know, deleting all the pictures. Although I I always say try not to take too much into consideration with this social media business. Like he could he could just be scrubbing his his page. He could I don't know. There's a lot of things he could say about that, but like, come on now. After you lose in the playoffs, you delete anything you know Cardinals worthy on your page, and it almost seems like he's ready to jump ship. After what this is year three, like what? I don't I don't understand it. Like, he has to at least make it through four or five years with this team, even though I I get it. You're never going to win anything in Arizona. And this team with Cliff's King, Cliff Kingsbury, is he's got to go, too. I think he's one of the issues, and people see a shiny new toy and think that it's going to work. It's not going to work with him and Kyler. So if you want to make Kyler happy, maybe you got to bring somebody else in who – you know, has coached in the NFL before and been successful as a head coach. But, I mean, this could head – this could go one of two ways. They could trade him for a lot of picks. Because don't get me wrong, Kyler is talented as hell. Like, he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in this league right now. And if you put him on the right team, he'll he'll shine. But, like, not many – teams are going to want to trade their number one pick. So now the Cardinals have to try to make this thing work. 
but it's whether Kyler wants to make it work. And I don't know. He could always just try to get out of it and go back to the A's and try to play baseball. He could go that route too. But that wouldn't be smart either. Yeah, the thing is with this situation, right, like you just mentioned, with the whole social media aspect, you knew what you was doing now. Mm-hmm. That's where some of the reports of him being immature, I think it has some some level of validity to it. Because you do something like that, and then it seems like you upset that at the response that people are saying, the reports is coming out, things of that nature. To me, that's a little immature. You know what you was doing. You can't have that many followers, and you work again. Back to this, the work analogy. We at work. If you work for Google and you start posting, you take everything off of Google that's on your page, and you, what is Google supposed to think? What are people supposed to think? And you got millions of followers. We ain't talking about Greg. We ain't talking about Antonio. We ain't talking about Miles taking something out off their profile. You have a you have a, a big platform. For you to think you do something like that, and it, and we've seen this with previous other athletes. Once they do that, you know it's curtains. They working something behind the scenes. They they not on the team in a couple of months. So hey, there might be some validity to the immaturity, the pointing of fingers. You gotta look in the mirror, my boy. You embarrassed to lose to the Rams, but. That was probably one of the worst pick sixes I ever seen in my life. Regular season, postseason. That had nothing to do with Clinton. that had nothing to do with Kingsbury, DeAndre Hopkins, James Conn. That was you, my boy. And I I think it's some validity to it. You know, I don't, it don't seem like it's he's the type to own up to, hey, we have not succeeded in Arizona. Partially because of me. We start off hot and then we fizzle out, but that that's everybody else's fault, but but Kyler. Yeah, yeah. I, Kyler Kyler's body language has always been pretty bad. I, I I mean, just watching him throughout his career, it seems like whenever something goes wrong, it's always about someone else, and he can It's pretty obvious. The game Heart. that stood out to me the most was, huh? Very hard and like. He's a, very hard and like. Very hard and like. Yes, yeah. But the, the game that it stood out to me the most was. Against the Packers, when they played them at home and, and Aaron Rodgers went and then went in there and beat them, they had, I think they had a last minute drive. They had an opportunity, the Cardinals did, to come back and try to get back within range and score. And I just remember at the end of that game, I, I don't remember how, the, I think he may have gotten sacked or the play got blown up somehow. I don't remember exactly how it went, but I just remember seeing that. I remember the image that never left my head was him standing there at the end of the game, kind of just looking around and like disbelief at like all of his teammates. Like, how'd y'all mess this up? Like looking at them. And I'm just like, bro, like that's yo, like that's not the way this thing works. Like in any sport, but especially in, in any sport, when you're the leader of a team, like, yo, you take blame first, you take blame first. You prop, you prop your teammates up in losses. Like you, you know, like that's just kind of the way you're taught to do this thing. And, and there's a reason why, because you need those guys to go out there and play hard for you. You need those guys to go out there and block for you. You need these guys to go out there and catch the football and make plays for you and be inspired to play good football around you because this is the ultimate team sport football more so than any other sport and for him to be this guy you know i think it speaks a lot to the, to his upbringing to his baseball background baseball is a very individualistic sport you gotta remember that he was really good at baseball hey man as long as i'm hitting i hit hitting 300 i'm straight like y- y'all get y'all figure it out 
but I'm hitting 300. I'm making plays in the outfield. I'm straight. I, a lot of the baseball spent in isolation. You know, I, I'm in that batter's box alone. I'm in the outfield alone waiting for that ball to come out to me. Like, it's very different. It's a very different feel to baseball. It's not as team-oriented um, in baseball. So I think that background kind of lends itself to what we're seeing right now with him being this uh, a sore loser. But also, I believe I believe all the reports. I don't want to bash him. I don't usually believe the organization. I'm very pro-player. I think everybody knows this, but I, I just look watching him. I've watched him throughout his career. And it's all, like when things are going well, he's good. But on some hardened stuff, like you said, Tone, like when things aren't, he, he is the first one to point a finger at someone else. It's always, it's always someone else's fault. It's always someone else's fault. And I, I, I've, I've gotten that vibe from him just from the body language after losses. Look, watch him after a loss, the way he interacts with people. He is, when he goes to shake the quarterback's hand, you know how the quarterbacks meet in midfield after the game? Like, he doesn't look like he wants to even deal with that dude. Like, he's like, yeah, whatever. whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just looks like a brat. It, it just, it, it's very brat-like. He's talented, but he looks like a brat. It, it, it rubs me the wrong way, you know? And those kind of things make me appreciate the guys like Eli Manning and, you know, the guys like that who go about it the right way because there is a right way to do this. There is. You can be disappointed about a loss. No, I, I hate losing, but you ain't got to be a, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, you ain't got to be, I can't say what I want to say, but you ain't got to be a brat about it. How about that? I keep it clean for the kids. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, it, that's it, that's the vibe I get from him, you know? Y- have you guys seen it? Have y'all noticed that, though? Yeah, yeah. I've seen Just I've seen kind of the way he, his body language after the losses. In the pouting, yeah. in the, the head down, I've seen the defeated look. Even even when they they have a chance to go down the field, they you know as the quarterback, they looking to see, oh, is the quarterback excited? Is the quarterback locked in? They're gonna make this, they're gonna make this field goal, they're gonna come down with 14 seconds. He never has that look of confidence or like the he don't got that Joe Burrow. He don't have the the Drew Brees, he don't have that Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm gonna take on this challenge. I don't care if we're down, I don't care if we're losing, we're gonna come back and win this game. I don't real I really see that from him. It's often a defeated look. It's often a woe is me look. Like grow grown behind man, grow up, bro. And it's kind of like Cam Newton too. Cause if you look at Cam Newton over the years, when things are going great, it's going great. He'll do the Superman, do the plane down the field. But if his team is losing, mm-hmm. got the towel over his head, sourpuss look on the sideline pouting on the bench so that's what a lot of coaches have noticed about cam too that he, he's not you know he can be a leader at some times but then you know when things aren't going right eh, not really so that's kind of where Kyler is right now mm-hmm. he needs to grow up a little bit and realize that being the quarterback is like the biggest position in sports like on your team your team's going to either win or lose because of what you do. So they're looking at you to, you know, yeah. lead them every game, every week. It starts in practice. So maybe he has to change his practice habits. And yeah. I don't know, but he's talented. Hopefully he gets it turned around. But if he forces a trade right now, three years removed from being the number one pick, I don't know how teammates trust him moving forward, whether it's like, is he going to jump ship? It's Like you said, it's kind of like the Harden way of doing things. Like if things aren't going your way, you know what? Eh, maybe I'll do something else. Maybe I'll go somewhere else. You know, 
Pittsburgh doesn't have a quarterback. Maybe I'll ask for a trade over there. So he's got to he's got to figure things out, and it's you a lot of reason for them. Try that with Mike Tomlin if you want. Mike Tomlin, are you out? Try that. <laughs> try that if you want. <laughs> Y'all remember when that joke said yeah. he was using in practice? He said, yeah, I'm gonna let him wide receiver. He good. He can do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna coach this team. Go ahead. That's not where you want to go. If that's the case. Pittsburgh ain't where you want to go, my boy. Don't don't go there. Mike Tomlin ain't paying none of that for sure. We talking about coaches. Which team won the coaching carousel? Who had the best hire out of all the coaches hired? Probably the Giants. I mean, sad to say, but like they got the guy that most people would have wanted. Like you try to pick from a team that's up and coming. Bills check that off. A, a high-powered offense. We're going towards offense-centric right now. That checks off another box. So, and hopefully he can change things with Daniel Jones the way he did with Josh Allen. So, that's the main thing when you you're looking at like this head coaching search. You're trying to fix things that that weren't going right in the previous regime. And I mean, Joe Judge, I don't know if he's the worst coach in Giants history, but I mean, I know Giants fans aren't exactly, you know, defending him in that debate. (laughs) But Brian Dable, he's he's the best option out there. His assistants are pretty good as well. So overall, I think the Giants did a really good job in, you know, choosing their their coaching staff. Miles is a true professional. Just for everybody listening to the show, Miles is a true professional because he put his feelings to the side and gave the Giants the credit they were due. And he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone other directions. He could have said some some other nonsense, right? That y'all would have ate up. And yeah, yeah I might have known it was BS, but for him to come out here and 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 give you that real like that, I, I can appreciate that. That's 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 a professional. That's a professional right there. But um, all all seriousness, and, and I'm I'm being serious about that too. But yeah, I, I think the Giants won the coaching carousel. I know it's easy for me to, to say that being the Giants fan and everything like that, but I'm, I, I keep I keep it a buck. Like, I'm, I'm being honest. Like, I don't see how you could think they didn't. Um, and it's not even so much about Brian Dayball. Yes, great hire. But what about the assistants? Like you mentioned, Wink Martindale. Wink Martindale's coached a top 10 defense in three of the last four years he's been with the Ravens. A top, like a top 10 defense. You know, like that's a quality defensive coach right there. And then you get uh, Kafka. From uh, the uh, from the Chiefs, you get a Andy Reid disciple. You know how that usually goes. They usually are pretty smart guys. And what I like about that deal the most is I, I just doing some digging. Kafka was someone that Reid didn't want to leave. Reid wanted to promote him. Reid wanted to be enemy out of there to promote him. Now, all right, that 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 reeks of some nonsense, by the way. But we can talk about that another day. The part of the point. I know, I know. But the point is. Reed wanted that guy to be his OC real bad. He wanted him to be his right-hand man on that staff. That's what he wanted. I think back when you could block uh, teams from interviewing your coaches, he blocked the Eagles from interviewing him, um, Kafka. So, look, they did a great job. They're doing a really good job. Things are trending in the right direction for the Giants. Are, are they going to win any more than six games six game this year? I'm not saying that. They're, they're probably going to suck. I, I mean, that's just the way this thing might go. But I feel like this is heading in the right direction, and I feel like you can root for this team knowing they are in good hands and eventually things will turn. I, you know, so that's all that matters. I think that's that when you talk about coaching carousels and you're talking about the coaches that they bring in, 
It's all about, yo, do I believe this guy can lead me to the future for the next four or five years? Can I rock with this guy? Are we going to fire him in two years or are we going to be able to keep him? Like, do we like his vision? I, Dave Owen just in crew check, check those boxes. I know the Giants are in the middle of a big scandal with the Flores thing, and I get it. But that was a guy I wanted all along for this reason. I wanted an offensive guy to, you know, get the best out of Daniel Jones. So I think they checked that box. Another team out there, out there, they did a good job secretly. The Jaguars did okay. Doug Peterson's a good guy to bring in for your quarterback. I, I don't mind that move. I, I, I don't think it's a bad move. I really don't. Did they screw up with Leftwich? Yes. Do they still have issues? Yes. The GM is, was already in place, and, you know, he has a, you know, has a history of not getting along with his coaches, so I get that it could all blow up, and it probably will. It's Jacksonville. It will go wrong. But in theory, bringing him in was a, was a good move because he's a guy who can speak to quarterbacks. He won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Right. And, and now I think about it, Nick Foles and Trevor Lawrence kind of look alike. But, you know, still, you know, I, I could I could see I could see this thing go, being OK in the, in the immediate future for that team, too. That's a good little hire. And you know, look, the Texans hiring Lovey Smith was a joke. We all know that's a little replacement, you know, to make sure they can have a little hold me down until they get their guy McCown. He gets a little more experience in the resume and he'll have that job within a year or two. But Lovey Smith is a great coach. Great coach. Went 10 and 6 with Rex Grossman. Went to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman, I believe. I mean, come on. Yo, that is insane. That's black, that's black excellence. That's black, that's your black history month fact right there. Most people don't know that. You know, like going to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. I ain't got you ain't got to look up Rex Grossman highlights. His last name is Grossman. I think it tells you everything you need to know about him and the way he played and what he's about, what that man was about. So for him to go to a Super Bowl with that dude, he is a phenomenal coach. And for him to just be getting his opportunity now after all this time is it, it kind of speaks to the issues we have here with the NFL and race and diversity or whatever, you know, give me a, like, it's just nonsense. It's, it's, it's so pretentious, but that's a good hire for them, even though they don't think it's a good hire for them, but that makes sense. Good job by the Texans, even though they're bound to screw this up. I just want to touch on this though. If that report is true, that Andy Reid wants Kafka that bad to be his right hand man over the enemy. <laughs> the the enemy is never he's never gonna get a head coaching job. No. When you when if that's true, who knows what Andy Reid is be saying behind closed doors? Who knows if he's really out here pushing to be like, hey, I think he should be a head coach. And if anything, who knows if it's, if he is doing it, who knows how genuine it is if he really just want Kafka there. And if teams could just read through that, like, and Andy Reid don't believe that. He's just trying to get his man's Kafka in there. If that report is true, Andy Reid is as much of the problem as why being in me does not have a job. Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Y'all too quiet for this man that has been leading this all these offenses and this genius work and all these great plays and whatnot. They too quiet. They too quiet. But when you look at it, when they describe the the Chiefs offense, do they say the Eric Bieniemy led offense or they they say oh. they read? So that's that's the main problem there. It's like you're not giving him any credit for what he's done over these years. So teams might be looking at him like, all right, he doesn't really have to do much over there in, mm -hmm. in 
Kansas City because, you know, Andy Reid's really got his hands in the, the play calling. But if that was the case, then why do all of Sean McVay's assistant, assistants end up getting head coaching jobs? Like Zach Taylor just got one. He was in the Super Bowl. Kevin O'Connell, another one who just got a head coaching job. He's in the Super Bowl. I'm not sure. Nathaniel. He's got a head coaching job. Nathaniel Hackett, the OC, the OC for the Packers. We all know anybody Ray Charles could see. He wasn't playing. He wasn't calling those calls. So I I agree with you, Miles. That's probably their viewpoint. But all right, all right come on. Let's call a spade a spade because y'all giving Nathaniel the Nathaniel Hackett's of the world jobs who don't have to do much. They really don't have to do much. You got Aaron Rodgers there who really is the one that's calling the, the plays, especially his last year there where y'all scared he might leave. Y'all was kissing his behind, sucking his pinky toe, like, whatever you want, A-Rod, whatever you want. And you think he was called, he was making the plays? Heck no, but he got a head coaching job. I think across the board, and this is a whole nother episode, and this is something that we could talk about literally probably every episode and nothing would change. The players are just as much a reason and a, to blame for these coaches not getting jobs. You yeah. play for the coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet. Y'all don't speak up and support these coaches. Y'all heard when Mark Jackson got fired, for example, NBA, Mark Jackson got fired. People were speaking up like, yo, Mark Jackson have a job. Mark Jackson going to have a job. Mm-hmm. I don't hear none of these players speaking up for these coaches. Like when Flores got fired, some people, some players were like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. They were tweeting, but for them to get a job, where are these tweets at? Yeah. yeah. And if you look at it, most of these black coaches were former players. So these players nowadays, if they, ha- if they want to coach in the future, they better fight for it right now because then, you know, things aren't going to change overnight, you know, as time goes on. So, like, say one of these quarterbacks wants to coach. Say Russell Wilson wants to coach in the, in the future. Are we sure that he's going to get the benefit of the doubt? He's going to be a quarterback. Russell Wilson will be fine. Russ, like, bad example. Right, Russell Wilson great. will be fine for great. obvious reasons. <laughs> Russell Wilson right, will get up. a job. Yo, yo. <laughs> he, you might be on to something, though, Miles, because every time we see this joke, if Roger Goodell's in the same building, him and Sierra is always sitting with Roger and Dev. He all right. <laughs> bad, bad, example, bad example. Bad example. All right. Let's say Lamar Jackson wants to coach in the future. Uh, do we believe that he's going to get a fair shot? I Heck wish no. you would believe me at all. No. I don't Heck. think he's going to. Legit, he's not going to coach in the future. He's going to be in, you know, the glades with Kodak. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually believe that, but. Like I'm saying, the main point of this is these players better fight for these coaches now because they're going to be in the same position trying to fight for a coaching job. And, you know, the next generation is going to – they're kids right now. They're watching what you guys are doing. And if you're not fighting for them, why would they fight for you? They're just going to get their money and move on with their lives. So I think think something, too, like we watched that J.R. Smith episode on I Am Athlete. He didn't mention this, but it made me think about this. Y'all remember we we I don't know we were born, we were younger. 
We might not have been born. It might have been the 80s, but they had like a black player summit where it was like, I think it was Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We need something like that. We really do need something like that, I think, where they, they alluded to it in the episode, though. We need to have some of the, the biggest athletes in eSport that's black and come come together and figure this out. We need a, a LeBron, an AD, and I'm talking about Aaron Donald, by the way. LeBron, Aaron Donald, Lamar Jackson, players like that coming together to try to fig, figure out and speak up on these issues. Um, because we, I think we're a little too quiet. It's great. It's great. Sometimes we speak up. NBA, NFL, MLB. We, we own MLB, NHL. You know they they really don't care about us over there. So we don't, we're not talking about them. We're talking about the NBA and the NFL, the two major big sports in America. We'll speak up, you know, for the smear rices and things, and you know, people like that, which is great. But we'll speak up. For the people that are right with us, that work with us, these coaches. Yeah. NBA is yeah. it's, it's, I mean, NBA too is just not as big and prevalent, but it's a problem in NBA too. Not enough black GMs, not enough black owners, not enough black head coaches. It's a problem across the board. Hey, well, we, we just great. We was giving mad praise to Braun. And he's one of the main ones he'll be speaking on every Black Lives Matter issue, speaking on those things, but something that's kind of like right at home with these coaches. Mighty quiet. Yeah, it's across, it's across the board. I read an article before we, you know, before I'll leave, I'll leave y'all with this. I, I read an article a second ago or just had a headline saying that there was some kind of rift between the enemy and Mahomes. And that's, they, they said that's what led to the, to the playoff um, just implosion they had. I think that's – I read that. So take that take that for what you will, but that, that's what I saw. I, that's, the, that's the rumor mill right now that Biennemi and Mahomes weren't getting along, you know, probably because Mahomes wanted to play country music in the locker room and Biennemi wanted to listen to Young Thug, and they had a, they had a little run-in. I got to be know. Young Thug. Why couldn't it be like Sade or something? I, I mean, God. It's just so I just picked the furthest thing from what Mahomes is listening to. Mahomes is listening to Eminem in his free time. <laughs> but it boils down to it. If that's the case again, if that's the case too. The enemy's career is done. You having beef with Mahomes, Mahomes not standing up for you, Andy Reid not standing up for you. They'll they'll figure out a way to get him out of there. They will. They'll yeah. <laughs> they'll figure a way to get out of get him out of there. And the Chiefs, hey, y'all got to look in the mirror, too. As great as they are, as talented as they are, they got one Super Bowl to sold for that. Just one. They, they only got one, one Super Bowl to show for that. Four straight years, they had home field for AFC Championship games and have one Super Bowl to sold for that. Mm. Hey, enemy wasn't the one throwing those interceptions down the field because you couldn't take the check downs, you couldn't take the short routes. <laughs> Maybe that's what the rip was about. The enemy's like, yo, stupid. <laughs> I set up a check down. Take the check down, stupid. Stop trying to throw it down. Stop trying to get the, the home run play every time, Mahomes. The league ain't stupid. Like, nobody's you dumb. And he kept doing that. But another situation. 
Are we going to really take responsibility? Mahomes, Kyler Murray, James Harden? No. Right. It's the enemy's fault. It's Nash's fault. It's Kyrie's fault. It's, it's Kingsbury's fault. All right. I'll leave y'all with this. Eric Thomas said it. Some people really like to have the attention of help, but don't really actually want to have the help. I'll say that again. They like, they like the attention of needing help, but actually won't get the help. They just like the attention of it. That's a lot of these players. They like the attention. They like to seem like, yeah, I want to win. I want championships. But when they had to do what they need to do to get the championships, the accountability, the hard work, the putting down the raising canes, they don't do it. So you like the can't put that down. You like the facade of it, but you can't don't really. Down. If you stay ready, you don't gotta get ready. Bitch, mob, we out. Peace.